0: You! No! Please! No! Interesting little parcel, isn't it, Charlie? Yeah. Looks like a box of chocolates wrapped in brown paper. Expensive chocolates. Are you going to hide it? Presents are always concealed from the receiver until the day of giving. This will be no exception, Charlie. Well, where will you hide it? In a safe deposit box? No, Charlie. What if we wanted to give it away on a Sunday? The banks are closed on Sunday. Well, where then? It's got to be somewhere safe since it's so valuable. In the offices of a man named Aubrey Mason. Who's he? A most reliable gentleman who operates from an address in the West End. 33 Half Moon Street. I never actually met Hiram Fraser, uh, in person, that is, but I spoke to him over the telephone. That he was an American was obvious by his accent. That he was eccentric, like most Americans I've met, was evident in his peculiar request. Mr. Fraser had purchased a wedding present. We've never met, Mr. Mason. I took your phone number off an ad in the weekend newspaper. It says, go anywhere, do anything. We have a reputation in that regard, Mr. Fraser. We try to live up to it within reason. Oh, and that's just fine. The place I want you to go to is in Pell Street near Tower Bridge. What I want you to do is look after a parcel for me. A parcel? It's a wedding present for the daughter of an acquaintance of mine. I just arrived in England and have to go north on business. And now I hear that the date of the wedding is undecided and I don't want to be caught short. It sounds like a very special parcel, Mr. Fraser. It is. Well, it's very valuable anyway. I'll send a man to pick it up, of course. But, um, well, wouldn't the parcel be safer in a bank? I thought of that, but the banks close on Sundays, and that day, I'm told, is very popular for weddings in England. And if the wedding is on a Sunday, you'd be stuck with a parcel in a bank? Well, not only that, Mr. Mason, I might not even be here in London. If the wedding present's in your possession and I'm in the north, I can telephone down and you can deliver it. Well, that seems a sensible arrangement. We'll be glad to act for you, Mr. Fraser. Thank you. Now, where can I contact you? Well, I'm leaving in an hour, and I'm not sure where I'll be staying in Granick. It's best if I ring you in a few days. The parcel is at number 84, Pell Street. The woman there will hand it over. What's the name of the messenger? Cannon. Just plain Cannon. didn't bother to fill Cannon in on the details, merely instructing him to pick up a parcel at 84 Pell Street and bring it straight back to the office. This was a pity, in a way, since Cannon's suspicions would surely have been aroused. Fraser had said the package was very valuable, yet it was handed to him by a filthy old crone, landlady of the flophouse slum that was 84 Pell Street. However, Cannon collected the neatly wrapped package, tucked it under his arm, and began his return journey via the tube.
1: What a rush. Mind if I sit next to you while I wait for my train?
0: It's a free country. Oh. Oh?
1: You're an American.
0: That's right. Any objection? <laughs> no, of
1: course not. I'm sorry if I sounded rude. Probably is I've an incurable habit of talking to people I don't know. That makes me forward, doesn't it? I didn't expect an American.
0: Oh, forward in England, maybe, but uh, friendly in the States.
1: Do you know Hiram Fraser?
0: I can't say I do. Uh, should I?
1: He's an American. It's rather like the old lady who asked General Montgomery if he knew her son, Private Smith. <laughs> I just wondered.
0: Uh-huh. And uh, where are you off to in such a hurry?
1: Earl's Court. The next training is mine.
0: You? No, no, the inner circle, the one after yours, gives me a better connection.
1: You're going to the West End?
0: Yep, Half Moon Street, you know.
1: Yes, I do. I do work there. <laughs> there I go again. My insatiable curiosity.
0: <laughs> well, that's all right. Sure, I work there. As a matter of fact, I'm in the process of delivering this parcel there. Uh, how about you?
1: I work in a boutique in Charing Cross. Not a terribly highfalutin one. I'm delivering a parcel, too. And that's what I've got in this paper bag.
0: Um, as a matter of fact, I was more interested in uh, what you were doing after work. I make it a rule, Mr. Cannon, never
1: to meet the people I gossip with a second time. Oops. Oh, well, there's my hat! It'll blow onto uh, the line. That's
0: all right. I'll get it. You just watch my parcel, huh? Here you are. I, I just made it. Uh, hey. Hey, miss, your hat. i uh, the Miss, your hat. My parcel. Oh, there it is on the seat. What a dizzy dame. Well, maybe they give out free hats in that Charing Cross boutique. Well, this is me. Maybe I'll work the Prince Charming routine on that Cinderella. I suppose a hat's as good as a shoe any day. It looks a very ordinary parcel, Cannon. I wonder what's inside. Uh-uh, Chief, uh, remember Curiosity killed the cat? Oh, I'd no intention of opening it. That would be unethical. Not only that, it'd be immoral. What the dickens is that thing you're fiddling with? Thing? Oh, uh, Chief, this is a fine example of the milliner's art. That? A hat? And until the draft of an oncoming train in the tube whipped it away, it graced the head of a most attractive broad, but uh, she disappeared underground via the tube station. I used that means of locomotion on the way to and from 84 Pell Street. It's not safe to visit that area in a taxicab. Uh, that is, if you could talk a cab driver into going there in the first place. To Pell Street? Well, I must confess I don't know the arrow myself. Yeah, well, that doesn't surprise me, Chief, because uh, your club has little in common with Skid Row, I fancy. Cannon, I've learned to accept your descriptive powers with equanimity. Look, you'd better lock up this package in the safe. We're responsible for it, and Mr. Fraser said it was very valuable. Valuable? A parcel from Pell Street? Mr. Fraser is a rich American eccentric. He's bought a most valuable wedding present, and we have to look after it until he either calls or sends for it. I'll be a good fellow and put it in the safe. Boy, he must be eccentric. You said so Fraser. You know that uh, that name rings a bell somewhere. Yes.
1: Inspector Bottomley of the Yard to see you, sir.
0: Oh, oh, send him in, will you, Miss Fairwiller? Yes, sir. I wonder what Bottomley wants. A donation to the police widows and orphans fund. Chief inspectors don't collect gratuitous handouts. Chief, you know, someday this class distinction will drive me back to Arkansas. Come in. Good afternoon, Aubrey. Cannon. Oh, hi there, Inspector. Hello, Inspector. Uh, pull up a chair. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you. Now, well, rum day, isn't it? One minute it's boiling hot and the next you wish you'd brought your overcoat. I agree. Uh, but you obviously didn't come here to discuss the vagaries of the weather. No, no, I didn't. I came to see Cannon, as a matter of fact. Okay, I'll come quietly, Inspector. I'm serious, as a matter of fact. Well, as a matter of fact, I'm not. What is it you want to see me about? Mind if I ask you a question? Go right ahead. That plaster you have stuck on your chin, had it there long? Three days, kept myself shaving. Why? I'm not concerned with the reason for the plaster. Just that it's been there all day today. I smell a mystery. I don't suppose by any chance you were anywhere near Pell Street today? Uh, No. I was right in Pell Street, number 84, but I didn't park a car illegally. I went by two. Ah, then it was you. The woman gave me a perfect description. Of me? Yes. I never thought for one moment that it would be you, but I wish you gave such a detailed description that you came to mind immediately. And well, what were you doing at 84 Pell Street? Well, I picked up a parcel and delivered it back here. See, what is all this? Had you any idea what was in that parcel? Of course not. My job was to pick it up, not inspect its contents. And where's the parcel now? In the safe. Oh, may I see it? Well, of course. But I can't allow you to open it, I'm afraid. Uh, it's in trust, as it were. I'll get it from the safe. Uh, why are you so interested in a parcel, Inspector? As a matter of fact, I'm more interested in the people who called at eighty-four Pell Street today. Here you are, Inspector. Oh, it's you neatly wrapped, isn't it? Yes. Who told you to collect it, Aubrey? An American gentleman, Adam Fraser. Hi, Fraser. Well, what's got into you? you know, I, I knew that name rang a bell. That the broad on the tube station. Well, this is obviously no time for your comments on your doubtful girlfriend's character. Uh, uh, let him talk, Aubrey. What um, girl on the tube station, Kevin? Well, I, I collected a package, I went to the tube, and sat on a bench to wait for the train. And this dame sits down beside me, and, uh, well, she seemed surprised that I was an American. And she asked me if I knew a guy called Hiram Fraser. Had you ever seen the girl before? No, never. But if you were collecting a parcel for Mr. Fraser, surely you would have developed the conversation? Oh, may I butt in? I didn't tell Karen anything about the assignment, except that, well, that he had to collect the package. Well, there seemed no point. It was such a straightforward job. I see. And she mentioned Fraser, and you denied all knowledge of the man. Did she ask you about the parcel? Yeah. Uh, just just let me think a minute. Uh, she sat down... Uh, yeah. Yeah, she was carrying a parcel, too, but hers was in a paper carrier. Yeah, you know, I, I knew something was funny. Yeah, well, what is it? Well, I, uh, you, you know how you do, I, I tried to make a date. You know how it is. Isn't it? And she said, Mr. Cannon, I never get to meet the people I gossip with a second time, or words to that effect. Well, what's funny about that? I told you I'd never met her before, and I didn't tell her my name. But she knew my name was Cannon. And just before the train pulled in, her hat blew off. I ran to get it, but when I got back, she was already on the train, and she vanished. The, the hat's on the couch over there. Do you know what this means? Yeah. Yes, she was laying for me, but why? I have reason to believe that the innocent-looking parcel on Mr. Mason's desk contains a fortune in concentrated narcotic. Wow. Well, then uh, we'd better open it. But can we? I mean, without the owner's permission. I can obtain permission from the authorities. Well, won't that take a few days? No, 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 not in this case. Where murder is involved, permission is granted almost immediately. Uh, murder? Yes. Acting on information received, I went to 84 Pell Street and found a man, a merchant seaman, with two bullets in his heart. Cannon shifted uneasily in his chair. I confess to feeling a little apprehensive myself. There seemed nothing for it but to wait for Inspector Bottomley to speak. Well, Aubrey, do I ring the yard, or shall we have an unofficial opening ceremony? Well, you know best, it's really unethical to tamper with a club's property, but, well, if murder's involved, well, it's a matter Fortune and drugs. This I'd like to see. So, Fraser becomes the mouse, and uh, you, Inspector, the cat. Yeah. What makes you say that? Well, I mean, it's obvious, isn't it? The guy called Fraser said he'd either collect the parcel or have me deliver it. All you have to do is wait his instructions, then, uh, bingo, you got him. I should tell you that the information I received was in connection with the narcotics. I stumbled upon the murdered man by accident, so to speak. His corpse lends credence to the information. Oh, well, let's open the wretched package and put ourselves out of our misery. Yeah, with a million bucks worth of snow. Yippee! Your sense of humor, Callan. Hold it to you. There. Holy smoke. Well, uh, what is it, Cocaine? Flour, Cannon. Plain, ordinary flour. I don't get it. Uh, Somebody got it. The real parcel, I mean. What real parcel? Well, surely it's inconceivable that a man would send you all the way to Pell Street to pick up a parcel of flour, bearing in mind that the man's an American and it's not April the 1st. Well, uh, I'm as confused as you are, Inspector. Did I say I was confused? A man is sent to pick up a valuable parcel of narcotic. Somehow he finds out what the parcel contains. It's to be left in his office for an indefinite period until a mysterious voice on the telephone calls for it or asks for it to be delivered. No other person handles the parcel, and yet, when it's opened by the police, it's found to contain plain, ordinary flour. Now, I wonder what happened to the fortune in Narcotic. Jeremy, are you suggesting that Cannon stole it? What's your explanation, that? i Now, wait a minute. Look, suppose I enter the storytelling contest... A cop gets the tip-off that the junkies in Pearl Street are holding a parcel of dope at number 84. So he goes to investigate. But a messenger has already taken the parcel away. Description of messenger given by old Cron of Boarding Housekeeper. But before the messenger got there, somebody rang the changes and handed him a parcel of flour. One of the boarders in 84 got to know about it, so he got the chop. The only dope the cop finds is a dead one with a bullet in his gizzard. How's that? The story... It shows an inventive imagination. Unfortunately, Cannon, the dead sailor was very dead. In fact, he'd been dead for three days. It seemed inconceivable that Inspector Bottomley should suspect Cannon. And yet it was a run situation. Everything Bottomley said was true. Only Cannon had handled the parcel. And although we might never hear from Adam Fraser again, it, it was ridiculous to think that he'd deliberately have Cannon pick up a worthless package of flour. The inspector left, leaving in his turn a sullen and rebellious cannon, whose resentment turned suddenly into action as he swept from the office determined to make bottomly ease his words. Uh, Hiram S. Fraser, would that be the gentleman? Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Immigration stamp Thursday the 23rd, arrived aboard the steamship Salem, docked at East India Dock, Port of London Authority. (laughs) Uh, I just want to know the name of the captain of the SS Salomon, and uh, how can I get hold of him? SS Salomon? Well, that's Captain Mike Tager. Well, as to how you'll find him, I don't know. His ship's sailing under a new skipper on her voyage to the east. He's been transferred. If I was you, I'd ask at the shipping line. <laughs> Uh, a tall blonde girl, a uh, very good looking. She, uh, uh, she lost her hat in the tube station, you see, and uh, well, I'd like to return it to her. She said she worked in a, a boutique in Charing Cross.
1: There are so many boutiques and hairdressing establishments here nowadays. It's all these young men with their long hair and guitars, you know. Yeah. Uh, could I see the hat, hat?
0: Oh yeah, here.
1: Yeah. Mm, yes, that is made by Alphonse. Three streets down. Come to think of it, I know the lady you seek. A charming girl. Uh, uh, what's her name? Name? Oh, it's, uh, Jeannie Tager.
0: Yes, we have the home address of Captain Tager, sir. He does work for us after uh, um, all. May, may I have it, please? It's a matter of some urgency. Oh, certainly, sir. Yes, here it is. Uh, number 84, Pell Street. <laughs> hey, Chief. Chief, I'm hot on the scent, nose to the trail like a bloodhound. In fact, I figure I had this whole caboodle set up and sewn up. Well, where did you go? Well, oh, I've covered half London. I know the name of the ship that brought Hiram Fraser to this country. I know the name of the skipper, and I've traced that broad in the tube station. Well, good for you. Uh, now, look, I'll be away for 24 hours, and after that I'll have the guy who engineered this dope racket. It'll take less than 24 hours, Cannon. First, you have a job to do, to deliver a package to a man called Charlie Johnston at the Bullen Gate in Pitman Lane. Tonight. Can't uh, can't somebody else go to you? I don't think you quite understand, Cameron. Hiram Fraser has sent for his parcel. He's what? Yes, on the phone an hour ago. What's her name again? Charlie Johnston, the Bull and Gate. Charlie Johnston. Bull and Gate. Did you tell Bottomley? Well, yes, yes. The, the inspector's been informed. Well, oh, that's great. So all I have to do is deliver the package and wait for the long arm of the law to nab him as he accepts delivery. <laughs> Nothing could be simpler. Uh, do you mind if I sit down here? Help yourself, lad. Thanks. Now, are you here on business or pleasure now? Well, a bit of both, really. If you're looking for a berth, I got a few open for seamen and greasers. What's your rating? Uh, no, no, no. I, uh, I wasn't looking for a berth aboard ship. And what else in the Bullen Gate? Uh, as a matter of fact, I came to see a man called Charlie Johnston. I, uh, I don't suppose you know him. Johnston. I'll say I know him. He's held with me as first mate aboard the salem. Son? Not a bad old tub. More than I can say for Charlie Johnston. I've seen many a better first mate than him. Ah, but d days you have to take what you can get. Then, uh, you'll be the skipper of the song. X. The company's transferred me to a bigger packet. Passenger line. Point, I prefer cargo. It has less tantrums. Uh, Captain Tager, you know my name. Uh, we, we've never met before, but, uh, I know your daughter, Jeannie. Is that so now? She didn't tell me she knew any Americans. Oh, well, no, we, we just met casually. Um, tell me, which, which one of these guys is Johnston? No, he's the big fella at the end of the bar. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got to deliver this package to him. Maybe we could uh, have a drink when I'm through. Over huh? uh, I'll be here. Okay, I'll, I won't be a minute. Hi there, uh, are you Charlie Johnston? That's me. What can I do for you? Well, the name's Ken and assignments unlimited. I have to uh, hand you a parcel. Oh, yes. Yes, for Mr. Fraser, is that it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, here you are. Oh, thanks. Yes, that's nice and efficient. Have a drink? Thanks, yeah, a beer. Uh, two pints of wallet, Julie. Are you the nervous type? Hmm? Uh, no, why? Well, you keep looking towards the door as though you was expecting someone. Oh, uh, thanks, Judy. Uh, have one yourself. Well, mate, cheers. Yeah, mud in your eye. Uh, say, um, uh, I'll need a signature for the parcel. Oh, sure, yeah. Got an invoice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here you are. Uh, and, and the address as well. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's printed here. There you are. Thanks. Are you, um,. Uh, going to be here long? Yeah. Another hour or so? Why'd you ask? Oh, no, no. No, no reason. I, I, I was offered a berth with Captain Tager's new ship. He's over there in the corner. Uh, was, you mean? He's just left. Huh. Oh, well, you know, he. He's said to come back to his table. <laughs> uh, that's Tager all over. Never could rely on him. Well, don't let it worry your shipmate. You're better off without a berth under him. Well,. Oh. Uh, thanks for the drink. I'll be seeing you. Yeah. So long, shipmate. Assignments unlimited. Chief, it's Cannon. Oh, yes, Cannon. What happened? Nothing. Not a thing. Are you sure you're told Bottomley? Of course I'm sure. Well, I handed over the parcel to Johnson. He just took it and I had a drink with him and I got him to sign a receipt. Still nothing. I waited outside, and he's just driven off in a new car, and nobody followed him. Chief, there there just weren't any police there at all. I can't understand it, Cannon. Neither can I. Listen, Chief, I'm going to 84 Pell Street again. I've got an idea that Captain Tager knows more about this than a little. If Bottomley gets in touch with you, tell him where I am, okay? Check. Tread softly, Cannon. Yeah, sure, Chief, like a cat. And my claws are bared. Oh. This is it. Captain M. Tager. Okay, Captain, this is where you sing. Yes? Hi, Jeannie. Remember me, Cannon. I owe you a hat.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Uh, do you mind if I come in? Suppose not. Thanks. Hello, shipmate. Johnston. Come in, shipmate. Come right inside. Better do as he says, Canon. It's not the first time he's used a gun and meant it. Meaning what? That you shot Seaman Ridley when he found out about your filthy racket. You talk too much. Fraser shot him anyway. I didn't. Teg not the only one who talks too much. All right, buddy. Where's the snow? The what? You heard. The cocaine in that parcel that you swapped for flour. No, mister. I didn't swap anything. That parcel was full of cocaine when you got it. I was here watching the old dame hand it to you. When you got it, it was the real McCoy. What happened to it? Drop dead. The girl first, Charlie. Use a knife. It's quieter. What are you going to do to my daughter? her up son. The face, Charlie. Uh, you better tell him where it is, Tigger. He means business. What the oh, hell, oh, Charlie, Charlie, you oh, two yeah. play that. You're all under arrest. For the cops. That's right. A knife reception committee. We've heard enough to send you to the gallows and your colleague with you. Cannon sat down on a sofa in 84 Pell Street and scratched his head as the murder squad hustled Fraser and Johnston away. Bottomly, now all smiles began to explain. You see, Cannon, Captain Tager knew that Johnston, his mate, and Fraser, his passenger, were trying to smuggle narcotics into the country. Uh It was he who informed us at the yard. But Fraser had made arrangements to have the parcel removed to a safe place. (laughs) And we're safer than your office at 33 Half Moon Street. But Captain Tager couldn't get hold of the parcel before the boarding housekeeper passed it on to you. I let Johnston discover the switch, reasoning that he'd come here looking for you and the captain. (laughs) Well, we heard everything. Uh, but uh, how was the switch made? I did it.
1: I'm sorry, Mr. Cannon. When you chased after my hat, I swapped parcels. Daddy had made one up just like yours, and I thought you wouldn't notice the difference.
0: Oh, so I got double-crossed.
1: Triple-crossed, Cannon? (laughs) Ha ha ha.